Section number 25 of Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Link Wilfley. Anecdotes of Big Cats and Other Beasts by David Alec Wilson. The Leopard as a Killer of Men. 5. The Final Fight. The chief evidence that one leopard did all the kills credited to this one was the uninterrupted series while it lived, and the cessation for a while when it died. But though practically uninterrupted in time, its killings varied in place to the perplexity of its pursuers. More than once, when most of those who were seeking it were in one locality, ambuscading half-eaten remains, it went elsewhere and started afresh where it had the advantage of being unexpected. It took little pains to remain incognito. It might have traveled far without eating, as other tigers and leopards often do, but this leopard was as self-indulgent as railway passengers now can be, and comfortable expresses, and beguiled the time by eating as they do. It seldom went a hundred miles without killing somebody for a meal. Colonel Bingham could not say whether it was helped by the people being deprived of firearms, but thought that probably nothing had happened in the central provinces to make any difference to the leopard in that respect. A great many guns were given out to likely persons to hunt it, and many young officers, and some no longer young, not military men only, but civilians of all kinds, taking short leave on purpose, when they could not otherwise come to near it, gave their pleasure to the hunting of this multitudinous murderer. "'I never saw such cordial cooperation,' said Bingham. "'Rival hunting parties forgot their rivalries and helped each other to the uttermost.' The beast was beginning to obsess the minds of men, and here and there fields were lying waste, uncultivated through fear of it. More than once a man with a gun was killed by it, which does not, however, mean that a leopard can openly fight a man with a gun. It means that when a leopard can take a man by surprise, a gun upon his shoulder is no protection. They said so and explained it to a postman who had succeeded to a vacancy which the leper had made. Nevertheless, the man continued to flagitate his official superiors for a gun, until, wearied upon his importunity, they gave him one. Then, as he went his rounds, that postman's inquiries after the leopard had a new significance. The sight of his gun was pleasant to the villagers, and they praised his public spirit. He deserved their praise. Bethink you of the mails he carried in the broiling sun as he plodded many weary miles along the dusty roads, and how long you would have volunteered to add a gun and ammunition to such a burden. What made his conduct the more praiseworthy was that he knew the gun would not save him if the leopard were on the warpath and saw him first. In fighting of that kind, as in guerrilla war, it is often only the first glimpse that counts when the rule is to kill at sight, then to see is to conquer. He had been carrying the gun in this way some weeks at least, perhaps for months, it had ceased to be needful for him to ask questions as he went from village to village. At sight of him, any one who had news came to tell it. Many a time he laid his burdens down to let someone far away but beckoning to him come to where he was, 
and then he would sit and talk together as if time had barely even a relative existence and did not count for much. Nobody ever grumbled. The rural males were never in a hurry. One ever-memorable day, he was met outside a village by many of the men who lived there, coming out to meet him and hastening to relieve him of the business burdens with unusual solicitude, leaving nothing to occupy him but the gun. Then, with eager whispers, they led him through the village to a big tree on the farther side of it, half bare of leaves. See the leaves at that corner high up. He's there. He is there. We saw him go there. Watch the leaves shake. He cannot move without shaking them. The postman got ready his gun, probably putting the end of the barrel on a rest, though I am not sure I was told that. It was unfortunate for the leopard that there was no wind. The air must have been rising, as I have seen it under similar conditions, hot from the ground as from a furnace floor. But even through the shimmering atmosphere, the postman could see the leaves were still, fixed, as if made of metal. The leopard waited long, but so did he, and all was hushed. Then he saw a slight, slight movement, just visible among the leaves, and then he fired. It was some time before the leopard came down, and still longer before anyone ventured close enough to the body to be sure it was dead. But whatever reward had been offered was now payable to the postman. The details of the postmortem have been sufficiently indicated already, and indeed they were no part of the life of the leopard, which, almost immediately after the postman touched the trigger, ended suddenly. And so does this. It's history. End of section 25 Recording by Link Wilfley